I think it's so exciting to think that the generation that's coming through now, our future scientists and engineers, are so passionate about helping our planet and helping other people. Can the clothing of the future be biodegradable? Apparently, kids think so. This is the Age of Plastic podcast. I'm Andrea Fox. Thanks for joining me today. We're going to be getting into biodegradable school backpacks with an actual scientist. Dr. Kira McGrath is IET's, the Institute of Engineering and Technology's Young Woman Engineer of the Year. And she joined me to talk about space travel, making that more sustainable, engineering and fashion, and a brand new competition that the IET is running for the Backpack of the Future, which is open to 5 to 13-year-olds to design their own backpack with a STEM-inspired gadgets that help them to do incredible things. We also look at what 5 to 13-year-olds think that the clothes of the future will be able to do for us. And I have to say, they've got some big, bold ideas, and I'm here for it. Here's the IET's Young Woman Engineer of the Year, Dr. Kira McGrath, on the Age of Plastic podcast. Congratulations uh, on being the uh, Young Woman Engineer uh, of the Thank Year. Thank you. <laughs> it's very exciting. And you're sort of into uh, astrodynamics and space mission stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a lecturer in aerospace systems at the University of Manchester. So I get to teach the engineers of the future how to build spacecraft, which is pretty exciting. And then the other half of my job is I get to work with groups like the European Space Agency to design space missions. Um, And actually, my goal in my research is to try and see if we can do space more sustainably. So, um, so yes, this all ties in really well. (laughs) So how do you feel about, because we're speaking on a day where I believe NASA have just smashed a, a, a spaceship into a meteor. <laughs> is, that, that's, is that sustainable? Like, what, what do you think about when you, when you are getting towards that goal? What sort of things are in your mind to make it more sustainable? Because obviously you burn a lot of fuel to get up there, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there's been an age of space over the past decade where things have kind of changed. You know, back in the past, it was big NASA missions, big European Space Agency missions, and space felt like, you know, a bit out of reach for all of us. And in the past 10 years, the the space industry has kind of accelerated. Now we're launching lots and lots of things into space, which is great because it can collect lots of information to help us do things like address the sustainable development goals and monitor climate change. But now we're seeing a big shift. I've actually just come back from a big meeting of people in the industry. And now the question is, how can we still do all that great science and engineering, but do it more sustainably? So thinking about when we're going back to the moon, when we're going back to Mars, how can we do it in a way that we're not going to to leave things behind? So crashing into an asteroid uh, is obviously a little bit of a uh, controversial one. But the whole idea is to be prepared in case we find an asteroid heading straight for Earth so that we can, you know, save humanity. So I think that's probably a reasonably good goal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's come up in so many movies. Eventually, NASA were going to have to deal with it, weren't they? Um, I love that we've already gone into space. We're going to be talking a lot about science today, but also sustainability and fashion. Um, and something that will get young people with an interest in engineering and STEM involved. But first up, let's talk about this bag, because there's been a prototype made of a biodegradable school backpack. So how is this made? How's it come about? Uh, And how does it biodegrade? Yeah, absolutely. It's so exciting. So at the IET, the Institution of Engineering and Technology, we did some research talking to kids about what they envisioned for the future of fashion. What we actually saw that the majority of them, three quarters, were predicting that we'll have outfits that decompose in the future. So they're really thinking about the environment and sustainability. 
And so to launch this new competition, the IET have teamed up with Hype and a company called Biophilica to create this biodegradable backpack. So Biophilica have created this amazing material called Treekind, which is essentially, it's got the same durability, the same look as leather, but it's all plant-based and it's completely biodegradable. And so working with Hype, they've built this backpack, which I have to say looks incredible. It Does looks it? really sleek, really stylish, looks exactly like leather, but is completely environmentally friendly. That is quite interesting because a lot of these um, options for plant-based kind of leathers in the past have had quite a lot of plastic mixed into them, which does mean like, okay, it's going to biodegrade, but it's also going to break down. So and this is kind of interesting. We already have some uh, clothing, don't we? Like, I believe it's Tencel uh, that's made from uh, tree polymers and things like that. So it's also interesting, this this uh, study that you've done, um, that Generation Alpha, they, they have some real cool hopes for the future of science and fashion, don't they? So this is quite encouraging, isn't it? It really is. I mean, when I look at the ideas that were coming from these kids about sustainability and what fashion could bring for the future. So the majority of them said that having clothes that are sustainable or could improve your health was far more important than looking cool. So, I mean, that's, that's great to hear. Yeah. And so many of them were talking about things like, you know, bionic trousers that could help people with disabilities to walk. I think it's so exciting to think that the generation that's coming through now, our future scientists and engineers are so passionate about helping our planet and helping other people yeah and I suppose my question would be um they're the future are you seeing this kind of ideas as well at the level that you're at amongst the science and stem community at the moment Absolutely. So I'm particularly lucky in my role that I get to teach at a university. So I'm working with a lot of younger people, you know, and they're on the cusp of becoming our engineers of the future. And they are so excited about sustainability. And they're really asking the tough questions of engineers like me and the engineers that are in the community today about how we're changing our practices to make sure that we're going to make the world a better place in the future and not leave a big mess behind. So, and that's really made engineers, you know, have to stand up and think about it. It's Something that's really important to the IET you know we're really passionate about making sure that we're trying to inspire the engineering community to do things better and also to have a more diverse workforce because we know that that helps us make better decisions as well for the future thinking about what the future can look like for absolutely everyone. Just to mention another thing from this study Three quarters of kids predict that outfits will decompose in the future. Obviously, cotton, wool, natural materials, they can kind of already do that. So are there any more new materials? Obviously, we've already mentioned biophilica, but new materials being developed uh, in the STEM space that could aid to this in fashion or in other areas like space. You know, that's not my area of expertise, I have to say, is materials, but I am sure there are so many things coming behind. But what I'm really excited about is with this new competition, because we're going to ask kids for their ideas, mm. I'm sure they'll have so many concepts, so many new ideas of the kind of materials, of the kind of technologies that we could have in the future, maybe things that engineers today haven't even thought of. And that could really spark some new developments. So I'm really excited to see what they come up with. Yeah, let's just delve into this competition then. Um, the prototype has been created to celebrate the launch of Backpack to the Future, the campaign. But this is a competition open to 8 to 13-year-olds. So what, what exactly are you asking from them? Yeah, so we're actually even going a little bit younger. We're welcoming everyone as young as five. So oh. five to 13. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody can get involved. 
And what we want them to do is really think about what a backpack of the future could look like and, and maybe include some clever gadgets that they think could let them do incredible things. And to enter, all they have to do is draw their backpack design and then send us a description of how it works. And we know that most kids today get to pick the backpack that they take to school. So we're hoping this is something that they can really be creative with and come up with some fantastic ideas for. Yeah, I hope that maybe the frozen school backpacks of the future can be made with these biodegradable materials. That would be pretty good, wouldn't it? It would, absolutely. And I mean, can you imagine something there where we've got frozen, but it's a biodegradable one, so it's helping Mm. us move away from climate change? Maybe there's something nice there in the styling and and the messaging. And actually, because uh, the IET have teamed up with Hype, whoever wins the competition is going to get to see their backpack prototyped and displayed in the flagship London store. So that could be a frozen backpack on display. A short interlude in the podcast now to remind you that we can't all do this alone. If we want to divest from fossil fuels like plastic, we need everyone and all companies on board. So if you want to find out what the companies you use are up to when it comes to sustainability, but you don't know where to start, there's a handy form that you can download and use to email to any company. You'll find it on my website, iamandreafox.co.uk. Back to today's episode. And I suppose the whole idea with this is that we get towards... I don't, I don't want to say mass producing, obviously overconsumption is another sustainability issue, but we're already mass producing products that are harmful to the environment. So coming up with these new innovative ideas is where we're all supposed to be heading, right? Absolutely. And I think that's what's really nice about this backpack that's been created is when you look at it, it, you know, it looks exactly like a normal backpack. It looks stylish. It's durable. So we know that it's going to last, you know, being brought in and out of school, carrying heavy, heavy books every day. And like you say, we want this to, to not become something that we're over consuming, but we want it to become the norm. We don't want it to be, you know, a special decision to have to go out and buy sustainably. We want it to be the thing that's easy and, and available for everyone to be able to do. Yeah. And you are, of course, an engineer. Do you think that young people realise that careers in engineering and things like fashion can combine? You know, absolutely not. So this was something that we actually captured in the research at the IET, that only one in 10 kids thought that engineers worked in fashion. And this is exactly the idea behind this competition is to try and open people's eyes and show them what engineering really is and that it's not about hard hats and hammers that actually it's really about being creative being innovative and trying to create a better world through technology and design so when we think about you know the materials we've talked about all of those are being created and designed by scientists and engineers. And the same with things like wearable tech. So, you know, mm. a lot of people might have smartwatches today. They'd be familiar with that. And I think what we're going to see in the future is a lot more of that being incorporated into, into our clothing and being carried around into with us. And all of that comes from engineers and scientists. So we really want to get kids excited about the idea of what they could do if they went on to be an engineer or a scientist. Yeah, I mean, biodegradable clothing, looking at the top 10 fashion hopes uh, for the future from this IET research, biodegradable clothing coming up top. But having a look at the top 10 backpacks that can heat food, adaptive clothing for people with disabilities, which you mentioned, clothing that can grow at the same rate as you, uh, shoes that generate electricity. When you looked at all of this research from the kids, were there any things that you thought, yeah, that's one we're already working on or one that you're like, right, don't think anyone's working on that. <laughs> I hope someone is. 
So I have to say the one I think I thought was most interesting was this idea of clothes that grow with you because actually that mm. solves so many different problems doesn't it because you're talking about less time spent out shopping for clothes you're also talking about saving some money um, mm. and also of course less clothes going to landfill for example because we're needing to buy less clothes well I think that one's quite a tricky challenge but some of the other ones I thought actually that's a really good idea why couldn't we do that you know things like solar powered backpacks or or shoes that can generate energy and electricity you know, those are really nice, small ways that we can start to contribute to things like renewable energy. And I'm sure there must be people out there working on these mm -hmm. because they, they sound like they could be great ideas that we could see in the next few years. Yeah, it's definitely nice to hear about these some of innovate uh, some of these innovations and ideas that are coming through, and obviously uh, creating a more diverse and uh, range of people who are getting into STEM. But with what's going on in the STEM industries at the moment, what innovations currently? And you've talked about um, sustainability being a passion of yours. What innovations are currently exciting you? So, like I say, I work in sort of the field of space, and so that's really where where I'm looking to. I mean, there's all the uh, the the sort of um, little things that we can do in space to make things more sustainable. Thinking about uh, how we can design new missions to to be more. Uh, use less energy, you know, more efficient launches, green fuels. But then there's also these big ideas which are quite exciting. So one idea I've heard recently, and I know a lot of people are working on, is the idea of being able to send a solar panel into space to collect energy from the sun and send it down to Earth. And being able to do that, we'd be able to generate so much more energy than we can do on the Earth because we'd be at above the clouds, uh, we'd be above the atmosphere and we'd get so much exposure. That could be a real game changer for renewable energy. So a big challenge, but quite an exciting one. Yeah, uh, everything I'm imagining uh, is uh, probably not how it would work in reality. So I'm not going to ask any stupid questions about that, <laughs> but it sounds amazing. Um, now, this is a, a podcast about environmental issues called The Age of Plastic because it's, it feels like we're living in an age of plastic. Everything is plastic and it's kind of a gateway issue for people. But I wanted your scientific engineering opinion on whether you think we could live in a world without plastic. You know, it's really difficult, isn't it? So at uh, the University of Manchester, where I work, we actually have a big group there in the Tyndall Centre focused on environmental sustainability. And I've been working with them to ask these kind of questions about the space industry. There, it's not so much plastic, that's the problem, but it is trying to think about what different materials we can use to do things better in the future. But what's really interesting is to me is that uh, when you start to dig into what's going on behind the scenes, it's not always as simple as taking the plastic out of the equation, making it more sustainable, because sometimes it means then you have to replace that plastic with something else. And that actually might require more energy uh, to create it if you need to use a metal, for example. Um, and of course, the obvious one that a lot of people think about is if we think about food storage, that we might end up with a lot more food waste if we don't use plastic to store our food. So I think there's an awful lot of things going on in the background, interconnected, and it's really hard to pick apart what the best vision of the future is going to be. But I think it's so encouraging to hear that all of these kids coming through in the future have this in the forefront of their mind. So for me, it gives me great hope that those are going to be our engineers of the future because I'm sure there's a solution out there. Yeah, I cannot wait to see all of their designs and what they come up with. Um, one question that we ask our guests is about a plastic again, sorry, um, but it is a useful material, as you've just said. 
And um, we're, in lots of ways, we're using it in the wrong way. But in some instances, it is still the best material. So is there an item of plastic that you're thankful for? Maybe something in your lab or something in a spaceship? Well, interestingly, we try to avoid using plastic in space, actually. And I'll tell you oh, the reason. That makes my heart sing. <laughs> <laughs> the reason is actually plastic doesn't do very well in space. So when we go yes. into space, it's a vacuum. Um, there's not a lot of pressure and air to hold everything together. And actually, the plastic starts to break down and we get little molecules of plastic floating away. And they wow. can do really annoying things like get stuck to the front of your camera. And then instead of being able to take nice images of the Earth or take nice measurements of the atmosphere, you end up taking photos of plastic. So actually, we try and avoid using plastic in space as much as possible. It's not to say we're perfect, um, but yeah, we do try and uh, reduce it as much as possible. That's a good question, though. I'm not really sure if there's pieces nice. of plastic that I'm thankful for. One question I did have recently, though, was um, I, I found a lot of times now we go to meetings and I always carry, you know, a water bottle with mm. me. Um, and I think if we can take something like a really well-made plastic water bottle, it's light, it's easy to carry. And if you use that again and again and again, it can last for a very long time. And it means then you're not picking up, you know, water bottles or juice bottles every time you need a drink, especially when you're traveling or, you know, you're moving around, uh, going from, from home to work or home to school. So I think that's a plastic that as long as it gets used really really well I think that's actually a really good plastic as compared to say these one-use water bottles that we know just get chucked away. Last question um sustainability and the environment in STEM who do you look up to as an innovator yourself? Oh wow that's a that's a really really good question. <laughs> Sorry it's a bit um, of a big one to end on uh, in no, a rush. Absolutely. No, I have to say I have mixed feelings about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So we'll see where we go. Okay. Um, but uh, one of the things that I love in the space industry is this big push towards uh, to green fuels and reusable rockets, because I think that's making a big, a big change. So I have to say we we in the space industry have a bit of a love hate relationship sometimes with this. But uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX have done incredible mm -hmm. things for being able to you know reuse rockets. That's something we never thought that we would see in our lifetimes. It's incredibly difficult to do. And um, obviously, there's still some challenges with uh, the amount of things that are being launched into space. And like you say, we don't always want to be just doing more and consuming. But I think that's been an incredible push uh, for the space industry to kind of step up and question how we're doing things. So uh, I do think that's a great step forward. On last week's episode, Geeky Earth did say that all industries have the ideas and the knowledge to cut carbon. So interesting that the space industry is also included in that. Big thank you to Dr. Kira McGrath. If you want to find out more about this Backpack for the Future campaign, the details will be in the show notes, but it is open to 5 to 13-year-olds if you've got any science-loving kids in your life. This is a national competition for them to design their own backpack with STEM-inspired gadgets and special tech that allows them to do incredible things. You can find out more at the Engineer a Better World org website you have until the 30th of october to enter this competition and all the details and t's and c's can be found there and if you want to find out more about this biodegradable backpack this prototype that's been made by hype and biophilia and their leaf leather i'll add those details in the show notes as well this episode's eco life hack is some very simple reading i've put some amazing stories in the show notes about uh, the chemistry scientists from colorado 
who've worked out a way to make plastic recyclable indefinitely. I mean, yes, that probably means we're going to keep using it. But currently, after a couple of recycles, it basically needs to be downgraded. If you want to read this, I'll put the link in the show notes. Also, shout out to the woman who found a way to remove microplastics from ocean water using okra. Dr. Ranji Sirinvasnan discovered that plants like okra, aloe and cactus can sustainably remove microplastics from wastewater better than more commonly used toxic flocculant. Big shout out to the scientists on today's episode, basically. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back with a roundup of this series next week. Until then, wash your hands, wash your recycling, and no, I'm not going to use the Jerry Springer line this week. I'll see you next time on the Age of Plastic podcast.